don't you stand with us as we sing? Tower of refuge and strength Let it 
may remain standing. Thank you for joining us for worship today here in the sanctuary and by live stream and by Facebook Live. We welcome you and we pray that you feel the joy of the Lord as we worship him in this place today. I would ask that you take a moment, maybe just to turn around and wave at those around you and let them know you're glad they're worshiping with you today. This is our new way of greeting uh, during this time. And then we'll join together in singing, We Have Come Into His House and Gathered in His Name. Continue. There is no sweeter name than the name of Jesus. You join as we worship together.
be seated. I'd like to welcome you to this time of worship together, whether you're worshiping here in person or worshiping online with us. Thank you so much for beginning your new year out worshiping the Lord. What a great way to begin a new year is by giving praise and glory and honor to the only one who is worthy to be praised. So thank you for worshiping. And every week, there's an opportunity if you feel led by the Spirit of God to join us for a time of prayer. What I've been telling folks, you can make wherever you are your altar, whether you're at home in your family room or you're here in the sanctuary, you can stand or kneel at your seat. However the Spirit of God leads you, I invite you to join me as we go to the Lord in prayer. May we pray together. Father, help great it is to sing praise to Jesus, the only one who is worthy to be praised. And we pray, bless the Lord, O my soul. And, and Father, we, we have more than 10,000 reasons to praise your holy name. And yes, I agree, there's no sweeter name than the name of Jesus. Father, we have entered into this new year a little shaky from the effects of 2020. But God, we've got great hope and great expectations for 2021 to be a much better, healthier year. And I pray, oh God, even now that we would commit this year to you if we haven't already. Lord, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would continue to 
to guide us and direct us and fill us and protect us. And Father, we just give you all glory for this church. Father, this church through the years has weathered many storms. And Lord, we trust that you're going to help us weather this storm and that we'll be stronger from it, more effective ministering to others through it. And Father, that we might grow closer to you than we've ever been before. And God, today we have so many things to be thankful for, for all the little things we fail to say thank you for, for things we've taken for granted, like our families or our family of faith or your church or quality time with loved ones. Oh God, forgive us when we've taken things and people for granted that we should never have done so. And Father, I pray today for many folks within this family of faith and extended family that are hurting, grieving. Father, we pray for Bob Hibbert and the Hibbert family and the loss of his mother. And ask God that you would wrap your loving arms around them and Father, be with this sister who's battling for her life. And Father, we pray for Betty Herod and Reed Herod and the loss of their son, Scott, and ask that you would bring comfort to them, Lord, as they're grieving. Father, for my friend Marty Young's family and the loss of his wife, Jerry, and ask that you would give them comfort and strength. Father, I pray for so many that continue to battle the coronavirus and I ask for healing to be upon them. And Father, all the many people that are battling depression or anxiety, Father, or fear, give them a gentle peace that comes from faith in you. I, I pray, oh God, that this church might continue to be a light that shines in the darkness as Jesus came into the world to bring light. And Father, we just pray that your Holy Spirit might bring great revival and spiritual awakening in 2021, that we would grow closer to you than we've ever been before. And Father, put a hedge of protection around this church and around our families that Satan would not have any glory or victory in our lives, but that you would reign supreme and you would bring the victory. Father, we just pray now that your Holy Spirit might continue to flow through the beautiful music, play and sing through our musicians and instrumentalists. And Father, speak through the power of your word and your servant that our lives might be transformed. And Lord, if there are folks watching or in this place that have never given their hearts and lives fully surrendered to Jesus, that today would be the day of salvation for someone or many, and that many might come to know Christ even now. For we love you, O oh God, and we need you, and we trust in you, and the strong name of Jesus we pray. Amen. This morning, if you have your Bible, would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 17? You know, it was back in September that we actually used Mark's 
version of this story, but felt the Lord leading me to Matthew's account and certainly a different approach than what we did in September. And I pray that God would speak to you through his word and grateful for our uh, ensemble that's going to be coming to lead us in just a few moments. But beginning with verse 14 of Matthew chapter 17, when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. You unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, because you have so little faith. Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. This is the word of the Lord, and blessed be the name of the Lord.
powerful message and song, and thank you again for worshiping with us today. I always like to share a little humor, and this isn't a joke as much as I think maybe a, a cute story that someone for Christmas gave me a, a bottle of hand sanitizer, and then there was something written below it that said, mix with Tabasco sauce. And said, not only will it kill germs, but will teach you not to touch your face or eyes. So if you want to solve that problem of putting your hands up, put some Tabasco sauce in your hand sanitizer. You know, when you hear the word rebound, what do you think about? Well, more times than not, we think about basketball. When you hear the word rebound, when a ball comes off the backboard or the rim, it bounces back and someone goes and, and brings that ball in, you, you think of a rebound. My dad taught me many years ago when I was playing basketball, when your teammates don't pass you the ball or when you feel like you're not getting the ball enough, go get it yourself. Go get a rebound. Go get a steal. Go get a loose ball. My, my dad said, you got to want it more than the other guy, and that's, that's the way I knew how to play. I, I believed in going to get the ball, and I've got a picture to prove it out of the State Journal when I was a Franklin County Flyer. Look at that intensity. <laughs> Look at that. I wish you could zoom in. When I went back to school that after that Friday night game, everybody was coming up to me going, ah! Ah, everybody was kung fu fighting when they did that, but my old coach, Gary Moore, used to say that I was a big man trapped in a little man's body because I loved to get inside and rebound. And my mother would say, Todd, stay outside and shoot those long shots so you don't get hurt with those big boys. But that was who I was. I'm glad you took that picture off, Chip. But the fact is, when we think of rebound, we think about getting a ball, rebounding off of the backboard or the rim. But also, when we hear the word rebound, we might think about someone who's in a new relationship, and maybe they have not really gotten over their former relationship, and we say they're on the rebound because they still have feelings towards someone in a previous relationship. But that's that's not what we're talking about today. I've been praying for quite some time that God would give me direction for our church in 2021. I hope you pray daily for our church. I pray daily for the church, its membership, those who visit, our deacons, our Sunday school teachers, our volunteers, our musicians, everyone that serves. I pray for God's direction. And I felt the Lord leading me to the word rebound in 2021. Well, if you've watched one of our local news stations, you've maybe seen the words, the rebound Kentucky. Have you all seen that? It says the words, the rebound Kentucky. You know, what in the world is that? Well, it's when there are resources made available to people to help them to bounce back or to get through the coronavirus. They share stories of frustration and helplessness, pointing people to resources of hope to help people to get through this difficult time. And when I was thinking about 
the word rebound, I thought that's exactly what we need to do. We need to share stories of frustration and helplessness out of God's word and show through how God's divine power we are able to get through or to bounce back from this terrible time that we've gone through. So it's my prayer as we rebound in 2021 that we might allow the power of God to strengthen you, to strengthen me, to help us to be the best we can be in the new year. In our scripture today, we see a a father and his son who are in a helpless or hopeless situation. And underneath, if you were to see on TV the Rebound Kentucky on one particular station, it actually has three words that I would like to apply to this scripture today to help it to be more relevant for what we're going through right now. And the first word I would like to share with you is the word relieve, is the word relieve. If you see in Matthew 17, 14, and 15, it said, when they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and he knelt down and he said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and he suffers greatly. It often throws him into the fire and into the water. But this father came on behalf of his son pleading that Jesus might bring him relief. And when we define relief, it means to cause pain, distress, or difficulty to become less serious or severe. Well, this father was going on behalf of his son to plead for relief. And if you would look in verse 16, it said, your disciples could not drive it out. Your disciples could not help. Do you remember that old commercial years ago? How do you spell relief? You all can say it with me. R-O-L-A-I-D-S. You remember that? Or what about Alka-Seltzer? Plop, plop, fizz, fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Well, I'm not talking about acid indigestion today. But what I am talking about is when people are looking for relief, to be relieved. And how many of us, if we're a parent, would not be willing to do whatever it took to help our children? How many of us, if you don't have children, and maybe you saw your mom or your dad go over and beyond to help you to be the best you can be. How many times have you gone to bat for your child, going to speak to a coach or going to talk to a teacher or, or going to get them the help that they need because they were struggling? This son was suffering greatly. When our children hurt, we as parents hurt because we want to fix it. Or maybe we saw our parents when we went through problems trying to help us and trying to sacrifice so that we might have the benefits that they did not receive when they were young. But the fact is, this young man needed relief from these terrible seizures. 
Mark's account said that it was a, an evil spirit. Many times the, the verb here is to be moonstruck, that they gave uh, this illness credit to a spirit that was living inside of him that would cause him to convulse or to be thrown into the fire or into the water. But what about you today? How are you finding relief from your depression, your anxiety, your fear, or, or your situation that you're in? Unfortunately, a lot of people try to self-medicate and do things on their own strength. Some people try to get relief by alcohol. Some people try to get relief by Drugs. Some people try to get relief by maybe too much food. Others try to get relief from maybe the wrong people. But the fact is, we're always going to end up in worse shape if we do not go directly. This man had tried the disciples, and I believe these disciples were good men. And they had been given the power to cast out demons and to bring healing. But I believe that they had taken for granted the power that had been given to them. And they failed to realize the source from which it came. And this man knew that when he came to, to Jesus that he was the answer. So how do you spell relief? J-E-S-U-S. That's how you spell relief. When we come to Jesus... He will be the one to help you and me to be the best that we can be. And why wouldn't we go to Jesus? Well, Isaiah prophesied about him in Isaiah 53, 3. He said he was despised. Listen, he's talking about Jesus. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Jesus is very familiar with, with suffering. If we think, oh, he doesn't understand, that's the devil's lie. Jesus understands your suffering. Also think about a verse that we've talked about during this time is Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. Did you hear that? If your heart is broken, your heart is heavy, you're, you're anxious, you're afraid, you're concerned. The Lord promises to be close to you and me. I believe during this time, and I've shared this on Wednesday nights and on Sunday mornings, don't you all believe through this crazy time that we've been going through that it's possible that maybe God's allowing us to be humbled? Do you think just maybe God is saying, you took for granted so many things and so many people. And, and maybe we were living in such a way like we didn't need God. Kind of like the disciples. Our power is enough. Our strength is enough. We really don't need anything or anybody else. And I want to ask you today, if you are trying to bring relief to yourself, you're going to be disappointed. But I love what James said in James chapter 4, verse 10. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. And maybe we're being humbled today. We've had things and people taken from us. 
uh, maybe we've not been able to do and go where we've wanted to go and be with who we've wanted to be with. And maybe God's trying to get our attention to open our spiritual eyes to say, you had it all wrong. And now it's time to humble yourself and I'm going to lift you up. I think about, and I've shared this before years ago, being over at the little church. I believe it was on a Sunday night after church, there were a few of us who were sitting in the pews over in the chapel across the street. And I remember there was one person who, was, who had just gone through a divorce. There was someone else that was just getting through addiction. There was someone else who had lost their job. I shared my own heartbreak from a relationship. And I remember one of the sweet members saying, who was one among us that had been hurting and suffering themselves, they said, you know what? It seems to me that God has brought together all these broken pieces to form a beautiful picture, like a collage. And I said, you're exactly right. A collage is when broken pieces of glass or tile or stone are put together to form a beautiful picture. I believe that's how God wants his church to look. I believe God assembles a lot of broken hearts, a lot of broken lives, a lot of broken dreams, a lot of pain and suffering. We come together as the body of Christ to form a beautiful picture that brings glory and honor to him. And I believe that's what God has done for us through this season. Right now, we seem broken. We seem like we're scattered here and there. But God, listen, Ecclesiastes 3.11, he will make everything beautiful in its time. And he's going to form a beautiful picture. And we're going to come out of this stronger and better than maybe we've ever been before. But it's important for us today to continue to keep our eyes on Jesus. He is the remedy. He is the one that brings relief. But not only do we have the word relief, we have the word respond. We have the word respond. And after this dad came and fell on his knees before Jesus, which that's humility, and we all should be on our knees before Jesus, he was pleading that Jesus would heal him. And in verse 16, it said, your disciples could not cast it out or could not help them. And then Jesus said in verse 17, oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I put up with you or be with you? Bring the boy to me. Jesus responded, bring the boy to me. Jesus had just come down from a mountaintop experience of glory on the Mount of Transfiguration, Mount Hermon, if you would look back the first part of chapter 17. And he came down from the mountain of glory to see human suffering. He came down straight from hearing the voice of God to hearing the demands of human need. And yet he responded, I love what commentator William Barclay said. He said, uh, there's no one more Christ-like than the person who never finds his fellow men a nuisance. There is no one more Christ-like than the person who never finds his 
fellow men a nuisance. In other words, we are to be Christ-like by being patient with people and that we should respond in patience and with love. Is God not patient with us? Second Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. We know the Lord is patient with us. And we know that he wants us to come to him. Just like he said, bring the boy to me. He's like, I'm, I'm going to take care of you. When he said, how long should I put up with you? He's like, when are you going to start getting it? When are you going to understand that I am the only one who's going to be able to help you through this helpless and hopeless situation? When are you going to understand you can't fix it yourself? But I have the power to help you and to heal you and to give you hope. And so he comes and he says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. First Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. And I'm so thankful today that he responds to us in love and patience. And that's how we're to respond to others. I want to challenge you in 2021 to respond to people with love and patience, the same kind of love and patience God has shown you and me. Please be a little bit more grace-filled and showing people a little mercy. This father was saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. May he have mercy on us and may we have mercy on others. I mean, I think during this time, we've talked about it. People are really stressed out. They're on edge. People are ready just to go off on somebody, to unload on somebody. I mean, did y'all watch the Tulsa Mississippi State football game a few days ago? I mean, there was a big brawl at the end of the game. You know, people are on edge. If you watched the UK football game yesterday, I don't know how many uh, yards of penalties there were, but there was a flag about every other play in the second half and people getting up in people's faces. Everybody is stressed and everybody's on edge and, and everybody's trying to get through this time. I know people that are on edge with each other and, and getting in arguments and fights with people. Our children are home more. Our spouses are working from home. We are having to learn how to get along with one another. And I pray that during this time that we would show patience and love. We would respond in love and not react in anger. That we would respond as Jesus responded to this young man when he said, bring the boy to me. Then the last word today is the word revive. Is the word revive. And in verse 18 it says, Jesus rebuked the demon from the boy, and he was healed at that moment. Jesus rebuked the demon from the boy, and he was healed at that moment. That's the power of God, isn't it? He has the power at any moment to heal you and to heal me. But here's the key. Here's the key. 
This father had first gone to his disciples. So the disciples came to Jesus in verse 19 and said, why couldn't we drive it out? Talking about this. Why couldn't we drive it out? And Jesus said in verse 20, because you have so little faith. I truly say to you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, which was the smallest seed known at that time, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Isn't that beautiful? Jewish metaphor, mountain, referred to any difficulty or challenge that was before them. And Jesus said, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain of difficulty, this coronavirus, this depression, this addiction, this anxiety, this fear, this bad relationship, these financial woes, my, my worry and concern of the future, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move if it's God's will for it to move. Because nothing will be impossible for those who have that kind of faith. And I think about all the instances in Scripture, Jesus on the boat with his disciples in Mark 4, which we often refer to when, when he said, let's get in the boat and go to the other side of Lake Genesaret or the Sea of Galilee, and a storm, a tempest came, unexpected storm. Disciples scared to death. Jesus was asleep at the stern of the boat. And when this storm came, they went to Jesus and said, Teacher, teacher, don't you care if we drown? And Jesus stood up and said, Quiet, peace, be still. And immediately the wind died down and it was completely calm. And then he said in verse 40 of Mark 4, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And then I think about Luke chapter 18 when there was a blind beggar by the name of Bartimaeus. And remember when he heard Jesus was coming into town, he, he ran and cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the crowd said, shh, be quiet. They looked at him as a beggar, as an outcast, as a misfit. misfit. Shh, be quiet, man. And he cried out all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. That just is an example that we know that he hears us even when we're in a crowd, even when we feel less than, even when we feel like we're not good enough or not worthy or not deserving. He hears us. And he said in verse 41 of Luke chapter 18, what is it that you want? Don't you think Jesus already knew what he wanted? Of course he did. He knows what we need even before we ask. But I think he wants us to be specific he said, Lord, I want to see. And in verse 42, Jesus said, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Isn't that a beautiful story? That beggar had the faith of a mustard seed. And his sight was restored. I pray that in 2021, we could have just an ounce of faith. To have the faith of a mustard seed and know God's going to move some mountains for us. And it's going to be wonderful. The Hebrew writer says in Hebrews eleven six, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists 
and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Would you seek Jesus in 2021? Now I want to close out by sharing what not all translations share and not all manuscripts have, but some do. If you would read on in some other translation, even over in Mark's Gospel, chapter 9, verse 21, but if, if you would read in some manuscripts when the disciples said, why couldn't we drive out this demon? Here's how this story ends. Jesus said, this kind can only come out by prayer and fasting. Some manuscripts just say by prayer, and others say by prayer and fasting. What does it mean to fast? To, to fast is to abstain from food or something else in your life to bring about a spiritual goal. We're, we're asking the God of heaven and earth, the God of this universe, almighty God, to do something supernatural in our lives. I issued a challenge to our early service, and I want to issue this challenge to you. I challenge you to join me in a 21-day fast beginning tomorrow. I invite you to fast from whatever the Lord lays upon your heart. You might fast from lunch every day. You might fast from soft drinks. You might fast from chocolate or ice cream, social media. You might fast from something for 21 days to grow in your relationship with Christ, and to pray. To pray for this virus to end with no more deaths. To pray that God's going to bring great revival and spiritual awakening. To pray that this church would bounce back and rebound in 2021. That we might see a great harvest of souls come to know Jesus in 2021. That family members are going to be reconciled. Chains of addiction are going to be broken fog of depression will be lifted but would you join with me if you feel led by the spirit of God to fast and pray beginning tomorrow and I pray that you pray for me and this staff and this church along in this fast for the next 21 days and let's watch what God does let's see if he doesn't unleash some great revival and and just a, a newness of life and that's what revive is the definition of revive is to regain life or to restore life, to regain strength, to have energy to do new things. And I'm praying that in 2021, we're going to rebound and we're going to be the best God would have us to be. But you're not going to be able to do that unless you allow Jesus to be first place in your life. If you're allowing anything or anybody else to take precedence over Jesus, you're going to fail. But if you allow Jesus to be number one, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. He's greater than any challenge, any mountain we'll face in the new year. He's greater. Have you trusted in him? Have you given your heart and life fully surrendered to him? Why not today? Confess your sin and he will forgive you and he will love you. I had a lady that came forward at the 8.30 service after we were bringing the invitation hymn to a close. She was weeping, overwhelmed by the Spirit of God. And she said, I just felt the, the Spirit of God drawing me, wanting me to come. She said, I don't even know what to say. And after talking to her, she said, I, I just 
I just want to do more for the Lord in the new year. And she said, I'd also like for you to baptize me. I'd like to be baptized. I said, I can't tell you how happy I am for you. I said, sometimes I feel like I'm preaching to this wall. She said, I felt that God was speaking directly to me through you today. And I said, praise God. I'm so thankful. And I prayed with her. And maybe today you feel like God is speaking directly to you. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. Maybe he's wanting you to get your house in order, to get your life on track in this new year. Maybe you're a Christian and you've gotten off track. Now, I believe when we give our hearts and lives fully surrendered to Jesus, we are saved, but, but we must continue to repent. We must continue to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. So you can't just give your life to Christ and say, oh, I'm going to go back to doing whatever I want, living however I want. I'm good. Me and the Lord are good. Well, if you love him, you're going to try to obey him and do what he asks you and me to do. We're not going to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. You need to come back to him today as a Christian, as a follower of Christ. Or maybe you've been looking for a church home. I have to tell you, this is a great church. It's not a perfect church, and I'm sure not perfect, but God is. And that's why we try to keep the focus on him. If you're looking at me, you're going to find fault. If you're looking at this staff, you're going to find fault. But if you're looking at Jesus, there's no fault in him. Zero. And I pray today that if we're focusing on Jesus in 2021, he's going to do some amazing things. Aren't you ready to rebound with me? Aren't you ready to rebound with me in 2021? I'm not going to fall off the edge. I'm ready to bounce back in 2021. How about you as we pray together? Father, I thank you so much for your love and your grace. And just as you showed this concerned father, and his son, mercy. You show us mercy every day. And just as my friend said this morning, she feels so unworthy to be baptized. Father, I feel unworthy to be a representative of you and your kingdom. But thank you, God, that you use imperfect people like me to Share with people the hope we have in a perfect God and Savior. And Lord, I pray if there are folks today that need to get their life together, get their house in order, what better time than right now as we've entered into a new year to have a fresh start, to be revived, restored to life, regain strength, to have the energy to do something new and fresh. May this be the day of salvation for someone or many. Or Lord, maybe Christians that have gotten distracted and Satan has caused us to fight and argue and to find fault in others when we need to respond in love and not react in anger. Convict us, God, I pray. Lord, maybe there's someone looking for a church home and Lord, I pray that when this virus is better and, and we can get back to more normal circumstances, that this place would be filled and that we would see a multitude of people come to be a part of the family of God. 
even folks watching maybe that have been waiting for this to lift so they can come and join us. Oh, God. And I pray, Lord, that if there are folks making a commitment right now to fast and pray over the next 21 days, that they're making that commitment with you. And this would be a great time to kick a bad habit or to to exercise, maybe not only giving up, but what we're going to do in 2021. Give us that boldness to make a commitment right now. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. This time, we're going to have a a time of commitment. And uh, if you're in this place, I invite you to come and you can sit on the front row and I'd be honored, humbled to pray with you about your decision. Or maybe if you're watching, contact the church office. It would be our pleasure to pray with you about your commitment. But however the Holy Spirit leads, I invite you to trust in Him. Only trust Him. Won't you stand as we sing this hymn of commitment? Come every soul by so much for worshiping with us, whether you're in this place or worshiping online. What a great way again to begin a new year, and I pray that you would be challenged today to be people of faith in 2021, that we would all be people of faith and be our best and give our best to the one who gave his best to you and me. If you're on our church email list, you'll be receiving discussion questions that you can discuss with your family or 
or friends, however the Spirit of God leads you, this takes the place of our evening worship. And as of right now, we're going to be doing Wednesday nights online uh, with things as they are and with uh, cold and wintry weather. We just felt through January, we're going to take it week to week. And as the Holy Spirit leads, we'll let you know when we open things back up to more normal. But I'm grateful that we still can worship online. And I'm grateful, again, for your faithfulness. And I pray that you would continue to be patient as we weather this storm and as God brings us closer to him. And I pray that for 2021, we'll all grow closer to Jesus Christ. But thank you so much for being here today. God bless you all. Bill, if you would lead us in a closing song. God bless you.